Hey everybody, Adam Stott here. Thanks for checking out my podcast, Business Grow Secrets. You're absolutely in the right place. This podcast is going to reveal to you all of the secrets that you've been looking to discover that are going to allow you to cure your cash flow problems, attain more clients, bring in more leads for your business, and create systems and processes that give you the growth that you want. You are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over £50 million worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the mark. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this very, very special episode of Business Growth Secrets. I'm your host, Adam Stott, today, and I'm with Elizabeth O'Gavi, who's going to be sharing some massive business growth secrets in her story. She is a host for her own podcast. She's an author, an entrepreneur, and a business owner. She's got an amazing story for everything that she's been in. She's got her new book out as well, which we're going to mention today. Remember, if you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, whatever your favorite listening platform is, so you can keep up to date with the brilliant sessions that we're bringing. So thanks very much for joining me today, Elizabeth. How are you doing? Are you well? Yeah, I'm doing well trying to enjoy the little sun that London keeps giving us. But yeah, other than that, I'm doing perfect. Yeah, it was terrible. I took uh, our Gold Circle clients, which is my mentoring group, to Newmarket the weekend. It absolutely hammered it down with rain. Yeah. Places in the rain. But hopefully, now we're in August, hopefully we're going to see a bit of a change to that. So really pleased to have you on. Really, really interesting story and things that you've accomplished and fabulous. I understand that you also help a lot of women within digital marketing. So you've got some great experience in in that area as well. So I just wanted to really kick it off, give you the opportunity to introduce yourself, maybe tell the audience a little bit about some of the things that you've done and how you found yourself here. And then we'll go deeper into your story from there. Does that sound good? Yeah, sure. So my background in communications previously before becoming a full-time entrepreneur, which just happened a couple of months ago. I was working in various places such as Unilever, um, Ogilvy, which is an advertising agency. I've worked at a few not-for-profits and I've been doing communications and that's both internal and external. Alongside doing that, I was also running my own side hustle. And in between those periods as well, I have also dabbled in and out and run my own businesses as well. But most recently, the side hustle that I was running was a platform called For Working Ladies which supports women who want to start a business. And I've just gone full-time with that in April as I have started another business that's focused on women within organizations that want to climb up to leadership roles. So I've been building that platform for, well, the first platform for working ladies for the past four to five years. And off the back of that, I've just published a book called Side Hustle in Progress. And I published that with HarperCollins in June. So it's still really fresh. And it's basically a simple guide on how to start a business when you don't have all the time in the world. So whether that's you're working in a job or you've got another business or you've got some other sort of full-time commitment, it basically breaks down the different ways that you could start a business. But the way that I've broken it down, which I think is different from other business books, is that the first part really talks about the benefits of having the entrepreneurial mindset. It talks about mental health. And it also talks about things you should be considering before actually starting a side hustle. So how much time do you have to give? What do you want in the future? Are you trying to turn this into a six-figure business? You constantly just want it to be a side hustle. 
So we talk about other th- all the things that people don't really talk about when you read business books. And then I just really go into how to get ideas, how to brand the ideas, how to then market them, then the important things such as legals. Um, and then also, if you did want to grow the business, how you could get funding from it. And then the last chapter is really focusing on how to transition out of running a side hustle and making it your full-time business. And I think that's the bit that a lot of people kind of trip up on. And in the book, I also do interview other female founders. And one of them actually had gone back into her full-time job, I think two or three times. And the last time that it was actually a success was because she pulled out an Excel sheet and she'd done the numbers. And she said, what do I need to do? How much do I need to earn? What do I need to cut out in order for me to be able to sustain this business? So yeah, that's what the book is focused on. And again, I kind of wrote the book to get more women into business. I think that there was research done by NatWest, the Alison Rose Entrepreneurship Review, and that really looked at female entrepreneurship. And what they found was that there aren't as many women approaching business. And it's not that they don't have the ability, but it was really the access to knowledge and also just overcoming the fear and then also not having the opportunity to access the capital. So I'm really hoping that this book kind of gives them the push and drive that they need to start the business and the tools and resources. I really wanted to have you on the podcast. And I think that when your, your name got put forward, I thought it was really great that you've been through this process because I've got so many clients a lot of female clients as well that have been through the process of building their businesses. And I've seen that people go backwards and forwards. And and you're right, once you run the numbers and you understand that, hey, you know, you can do this full time. People are very much programmed, aren't they, to stay in their jobs when they don't necessarily have to. And I thought it was really interesting that you'd written the book and built that side hustle and and really proven the concepts and then gone and launched it. So, you know, well done to you. It sounds like an amazing, really, really educational and definitely something that the people listening on today should pick up. So why don't we talk a little bit about working uh, your business that you started, the actual side hustle you started. One of the things we get, we get so many clients coming to us that that's exactly what they want to do. There is a lot of change going on in the world where you're seeing the freelancer market is growing massively. Traditional working is changing in London, for example. You know, the, the offices now, the corporate offices are becoming empty. More people are realizing that they kind of need to take their future into their own hands, aren't they? And I think that's really, really important. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your story about why you started your business, the original one. You know, what was your drive behind that? And what did you learn along the way? So I assume you're talking about four working ladies, right? Yeah, so that actually started as a side to another business I'd side. So I first started a communications agency where I was working with female founders, mainly around comms, but how to use digital to build your business. And so I had started for Working Ladies as actually as a passion project. And on that passion project, I was really interviewing women who had started other businesses, women who had climbed into leadership roles and just sharing the content. So it was kind of like a... Refer- I'd say like a Refinery29, it was just content-based. It was an online website, just content-based. We had about 20,000 readers at that point. I had about 20 writers, but I was doing it as a hobby. It wasn't something that I actually thought, oh, this could be a business. It was just something I was really passionate about. And I knew that it was creating loads of impact because of the readers that we were getting and the email subscribers. And then along the way, we had our first event and that event actually sold out. And then I started to see, once I was doing some research, the way that digital media companies were being built. And I was like, okay, this could actually be a business. And then a brand had approached me and said that they would like to do some branded content on the website. And I just said, okay, 
how much are you willing to pay? And they said a couple of thousands. And I was just like, oh my God, you're going to pay thousands to just do some branded content on the website. Literally, all I was going to do was interview someone and refer them back to the brand and refer the readers back to the brand. And then I began to see that, okay, this could be a media company. I started to look deeper into how media companies are built and they tend to be built around branded content, advertising, events. And then in the new world that we're in, which is digital, there's also the new concept of monetizing your newsletter and your podcast. So I started to really ask myself, what do I want this to be? How can it still be impactful and still be monetized so that I can pay myself? And if I want to pay freelancers who work with me, it could still run as a business. So that's really been the journey. It started off as a side project. And then I then decided to turn it into a business, but there was loads of pivoting along the way. And for me, that is a big lesson because most times people think that you start your business once, this is what it's going to be, and this is how it's going to end. But there's so many pivots in between. And I think when you have those pivots, people tend to think, okay, that means it's a failure. And I always use the example of Facebook. Facebook has been so many different things. Instagram has been so many different things. I mentioned those popular ones because people tend to look at them as successful, but they've become so many different things. And when you do start a business, you can continue to reinvent it along the way in order to suit the environment and the changes that have happened. And even with the pandemic happening, we had to cut out a lot of the um, external events. So I completely cut that out. And I've kind of done a slight pivot again to how we can really focus to just be a purely digital business, as opposed to having to you know, purely focus with the offline stuff. I think the offline things like events are still really good. But instead of doing monthly, for me, the most beneficial is doing a big annual event. So yeah, I'm currently even in the phase of like reinventing it again and relaunching it. But that's what the journey has been so far. So many lessons for the audience as you're talking. I love that because first of all, you mentioned passion. It's obviously a lot easier to really see something through and work on it. And especially if you're going to choose a side hustle, it's good yeah. to be about it. I see a lot of people choose side hustles that they really don't have any passion for. You know, mm-hmm. someone's going to be an Amazon seller and they're selling some random thing on Amazon that they're really, yeah. right? You know, that sort of side hustle is not going to make you want to go to work after you finish work. Yeah. So I think the passion is really, really important. And that was a good lesson. And then exactly what you're saying, you know, one of the things that I often say to people that at the start of their business is where you start is not where you finish. And yeah. You're really comfortable with that. So you know that where you're going to start off with and where, where you're going to start from is not going to be where you at, is not going to be the finish line. So, like you said, it's a work in progress. And I think that should inspire lots of people that are listening that are at that stage of their business. You know, absolutely. So that's great. It sounds like it's been an awesome journey. So how did the book come along? And before I even want to say about the book is the fact, you know, as a good indicator for people that are listening is the fact that you were putting the content out and the content was being well-received, right? And I think that part of that will be down to the fact that you're very specific on who you wanted to work with, you know, yeah. our people. And I've seen it loads of times recently. So I've done quite a few of my podcast interviews specifically. Uh, Rory Fairburns strikes out to me as one, Ben Ebrill as another, and both of them started businesses. His was called uh, One You Know Beer because okay. he realized that alcohol wasn't good for him anymore and he didn't want to drink anymore. So he started this side hustle community that just spanned into something massive. And so did uh, Ben Ebrill started Sorted Food, and now he's got 2.4 million YouTube subscribers. And they both started in the same way, content-led, go out there, deliver value to a specific audience, 
and watch that audience kind of gravitate around you. Yeah. The opportunities come and it works very, very well. So I think it's a really inspiring uh, story for a lot of people that are listening today, you know, about that. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, with these kind of content-led platforms or community-led, it's definitely about the audience and really creating content that's relatable and really valuable for them. And they just end up doing the work for you in terms of sharing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is even more amazing. So how did the book come about then, uh, Liz? What happened with the book? Because, you know, has it been a great success? Did you enjoy the process? Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So 2018, I wanted to write a book. I had seen that it would be valuable to the community. It would help in building the brand as well. So I kind of just did like an outline of what the book would include. I reached out to an editor. I didn't tell her what the book was about. I just said, this is a platform that I've built and I'd like to write a book. And she said, oh, I think you should go and build your platform. And I think you should build it out further. I think it could be stronger. And I kind of got a bit peed off and put it aside and just kind of said, do you know what? The next time this book comes up, the publisher will approach me. And so every year, beginning of the year, you know, I had my goals and I just said, I'm going to write a book and it's going to be about business. It's going to be for the community and don't know how it's going to happen. And just as I had started to write another book, I had actually been co-authoring a book with a friend of mine this mid 2020. And we decided to take the leap and to just focus on writing a book. I then got an email from HarperCollins saying that they'd like to talk to me about a book project. And when I opened the email, it was the exact same book that I had outlined that I had outlined in 2018. So it was such a coincidence. And that made the process much quicker in terms of moving forward and signing the contracts because we already knew what the outline was going to be like. I, I already knew what I wanted to be like and how I was going to market it. I had done the marketing plan in there as well. And so it was quite a quick process. In terms of writing it, I think I wrote it in about five months, four or five months. I was doing that you know, during the pandemic alongside my full-time job. I don't want to sugarcoat it. It was really hard. It was extremely difficult. I put the platform on hold for working lady. So I wasn't really doing anything on that side. I purely decided to focus on the book so that I could put all my time and effort into it, especially because I was also interviewing people for the book as well. And I was practically working days and evenings, but I don't regret it. I don't regret it. It's completely valuable. It's done, isn't it? You know, and it's like, it's then reusable for a long time, which is awesome. Yeah, exactly. But it was extremely hard and I don't want to sugarcoat that because I know there are loads of people publishing books at the moment, but yeah, it took a lot of effort. And so I did it in about four or five months. But I think the real work really comes after you've published the book, the marketing of the book. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's where the real work really kicks in. So you've done the work of actually writing the book. The real work really kicks in. It's all about selling it really and kind of sharing the value that's in the book and whether that's on social, whether that's getting press, whether that's going on people's podcasts and talking about it. And that's where the real work is. But um, yeah, it it was a great experience writing the book. I'm hoping that I can also write another one actually. So yeah. Multiple author is better than author, right? So that sounds uh, amazing. So along your way of building this business and helping lots of, uh, you know, working people, working mums and working people to go out there and build their businesses. What would you say some of the advice and some of the tips that you've given them as some of the best bits of advice, best tips that you've seen well-received and you've seen these ladies use to go and build their businesses? What would you say that sort of struck you? Yeah. 
I mean, the biggest thing that I've noticed is that there's just a lot of fear around what will people think? What if it doesn't work out? What if I fail? I always just kind of say, just give it a try. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? You will constantly have this feeling of regret. Right. Is that you said those things and they're absolutely, that's absolutely nailed on that people's thoughts about what other people think is just, is one of those strong fears. Did you have any fears like that yourself or not? I'm just interested. I don't know what the answer would be. When I started, no, absolutely not. I was purely focused on what I think this could deliver. And I remember when I was promoting the content, because when you start a content-based website, you're literally promoting to your family and friends initially. And then you're going out into the world and pushing out the content in different ways. And I was absolutely shameless about it. You know, I would do WhatsApp blasts. And honestly, it pays off. People look back and say, Liz, I remember the days you used to share this content via WhatsApp and now you've got a book. I was constantly, constantly pushing. I had no care in the world what anyone thought. I just thought what I was working on needed to be out in the world and it was really good and it was really valuable. I think now that I'm out there and I can see that there are more eyes on me (laughs) and I can see competitors and I can see so many other things, I'm a bit cautious. But nonetheless, I mean, one thing that I've learned is that you just continue to take the leap. And sometimes when you think people are saying things about you or watching, they're really not. It's all a mind thing, to be honest. And I, you know, I really encourage people to reframe their thoughts around things like that, because you never know who you're inspiring. Instead of thinking about what people are going to say, maybe think I could actually inspire someone else to start something as well. And I know that I've inspired several people to take the leap to start their own business or to start a side hustle. And for me, that's just so beneficial. Yeah, very rewarding. And also, from what you just said, the reason I asked you the question is because typically we do see different types of people. You know, I've been trying, we've trained over 15,000 people. And of the 15,000 people that we train, obviously a large percentage of them have been at startup. So probably so much like 60% where yeah. we've already been going. And we do find you get two types of people. You get people that have got a strong entrepreneurial DNA. So this entrepreneurial DNA where they are not afraid, that they take actions, that they're persistent, um, that they don't mind going out there talking, selling, offering their products and services. And we've got people that have got more of, we call it like an employee DNA, somebody that's very much in their own box, somebody that's very introverted, that struggles to get out there, that wants to do it, but has lots of fear. And yeah. trying to convert that person from being someone with a very employee DNA to more of an entrepreneurial DNA to succeed. And the reason I asked you is because I saw, you know, from some of the things that you said, that you had more of an entrepreneurial DNA running through you. So I didn't expect you to say you was afraid. But I think yeah. really for someone like you and for someone like me, that does very similar things just to a slightly different audience, right? Is understanding that and understanding that people have the fear is absolutely fundamental to inspiring and empowering them to succeed, isn't it? You know? Yeah. And just to add, I'm actually an introvert myself. <laughs> and when I tell people that, they don't believe me. Yeah. But the thing is, I take action nonetheless. Yeah. And fear will always be there. It's not going to disappear. Like the nerves, the fear to do things, it will always be there. You've just got to say to yourself, I choose to take action and I choose to take the steps that need to be taken. Because at the end of the day, the only thing you can do is to continue to focus on what your end goal is. Challenges will always arise, but you just have to continue to choose to take action. And again, like I said, I, you know, I, put, I did invest a lot of time in reframing my thoughts 
around what people could be thinking or what I could achieve. And I think that's very important as well, because we get loads of negative thoughts and it's really just sitting down and reframing them. But yeah, I mean, there are loads of people who are introverts and are still out there in the world doing extroverted things. And I definitely think I'm one of them. So I think even if you do have that employee DNA, you just have to learn to step out of your comfort zone. You have to be ready and willing to step out of your comfort zone. And this isn't bashing employees, but you can get very comfortable, especially if you're maybe not in a leadership position. I think if you're in a leadership position within an organization, you have to step out of your comfort zone to some extent because you're, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're leading teams, you're delivering presentations, you're working with other senior leaders. But if you're not, then you're still in a bit of a safety. So yeah, you've got to be willing to step out of your comfort zone when you want to start a business or some sort of platform, just ready to put yourself out there. It wasn't like that before though. I was actually sharing this morning that before you could start platforms and kind of have no face behind it. And people just cared about the content. But nowadays, everyone's attached to who's the person behind it. I want to know more. So you kind of start creating this personality brand that everyone's interested in as well. So you don't actually have any room to say, I don't want to be the face of my brand. or And I don't think you have to, but I think there are definitely the benefits of being the face or just appearing every now and again. Also, you know, if you're a product, you can almost get away with it a little bit because your product... Yeah, exactly. But when you're a service... People need to understand it's leadership anyway, isn't it? And it's yeah. like, you step up and be that leader. And yeah. you follow, right? But I think if it's a product, it's easier not to. But yeah. I think if you this, then I think it's almost paramount now. And it's influencer culture. You know, yeah. it's like people buy products now because they see somebody else say it's good, right? Yeah. And people are going to buy into your business if they see you talking with the passion about your business. You know, you are an influencer for your own business, whether yeah. you like it exactly. Or not. How many yeah. people is the question. Yeah. The more you influence, more your business is going to grow. And that's what you've got to go out there and do, obviously. So, you know, and that's uh, absolutely spot on, totally. Yeah. So, you, you know, obviously you've got your book coming out. Was there any books along the way that inspired you? Sometimes our listeners love to hear about some books that you might have read on your journey, or if you had books, mentors, or coaches and people that have influenced you in order to go and make things happen. Yeah, I think a podcast that did inspire me was How I Built This, which is an NPR podcast. It's brilliant. And it really just interviews mainly startup founders to how they built their companies. Also a book that I've really enjoyed and I continue to reread is a book called Grit. It's about passion and perseverance. It's by Angela Duckworth. There's another book like, oh God, I'm so bad with with remembering names. How I Built This Guy. Is that the one that you was listening to? Yes, Guy Raz. Yeah, that's it. I love that podcast. An entrepreneur who has inspired me is Sharmadine Reed. Yeah, she's done a lot in terms of like culture and women, in terms of um, really championing them, giving them the tools and resources for business. And she's also got a few businesses herself. I think those are, yeah, but those are the main resources. I really enjoy Grit because it talks about the fact that it's not just about talent, but it's also about skill and developing skill and passion and perseverance. And, you know, she's mentioned quite a few people that had what some people would see as obstacles. And I remember she had mentioned a guy that had dyslexia and he was a writer. And so he just, at one point thought he couldn't succeed, but he continues to practice and practice and practice. And he's gone down in history as one of the best writers. And for me, that was inspiring because I'm slightly dyslexic myself and we can feed ourselves so many reasons why as to why we can't do something 
But what that book showed me was that with perseverance, with passion, and with the ability to, to develop your skill, you can succeed. So that's been like a really big book that has inspired me and kind of just kept me going. That's why I asked the question, really, because I think it's important for people to understand that, you know, these stories are out there. Nothing is stopping you. I always say to my clients, there's four things, really, that you need to succeed. One, you need the right information. If you've got the right information about how to do what it is that you want to do, you're going to get yeah. it, right? Okay, without the right information, you're going to do the wrong strategy. You're not going to get the right result, right? I then explain that the right information is not enough if you take no action. If you do nothing, yeah. you get nothing. So we've got to start taking more actions in order to get more done. I then say to them that you can take as much action as you want, but if the actions don't quite go quite right and things don't go your way, we're going to need number three, which is perseverance. Because sometimes you're just there and you, you don't get it because you quit too early. And then number yeah. four, which is a bit different, is I say that you need the right environment. And you need to see other people succeeding and doing things that maybe you don't think are possible. Because yeah. you know, if you sit there and think it's hard to build a six-figure business, but then you sit in a room with 50 people that have built an eight-figure business, all of a sudden you realize it's not actually that hard. You yeah. just write information, right? And you circle back. So I think those four things are what I say to people that really from my learnings and my lessons have been the things that kind of influenced me in order to go and get better results. Well, um, is it, before we, we, get, we get into the point where we're finishing up now, Liz, but if there's a, anything that you'd like to say to the audience, mainly the audience on today, people listening today, and please tell me in the comments and tell me if you've loved um, hearing from Liz Liz today is there any last bits of advice you'd like to give them or is there ways that you'd like to be contacted I know they should all go and buy a copy of the book so do you want to mention the book one more time for us yeah so if you go to sidehustleinprogress.com all the information about the book and how you can buy it is on there and there's also information about how you can contact me there as well if you wanted to follow me on social I'm at Elizabeth Ogabi on all platforms so it's quite simple and yeah, that's mainly it. So the book is out. It came out June 24th. And as I said, all the information is on the website. Super job. Well, thank you very much. You've been a brilliant guest. I love thank it. You. I love the fact that you've seen your side hustle through to not even being a side hustle anymore, being your full-time business. And it's awesome stuff. So brilliant. Thank you very much for coming on. You've been a superstar. And if you listen to a podcast, make sure you subscribe. Okay. So go and hit that subscribe button right now so you can hear more episodes like this for Business Growth Secrets. Thanks, everybody. See you soon. Hey everybody, Adam here, and I hope you loved today's episode. hope you thought it was fabulous, and if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favor. Could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets, and if you've enjoyed it, please go and give us a review and talk about what your favorite episode is, perhaps. Every single month, I select someone from that review list to come to one of my exclusive Academy days and have lunch with me on the day, meeting hundreds of my clients. So if you want that to be you, then you're going to be in with a shout if you go and give us a review on iTunes. Please, of course, do remember to subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date episodes. Peace and love, and I'll see you very, very soon. Thank you.